Thank you for listening to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. Sign up to our Patreon to receive bonus content, live streams and our weekly newsletter with money off books and museum visits as well. Plus early access to all live show tickets. That's patreon.com slash we have ways. Achtung, achtung. Welcome to We Have Ways of Making You Talk with me, Al Murray, and James Holland. And, well, I've got a bit in my show at the moment, Jim, where I talk about living in a history book. Yes. And how, how un, un, unre- uh, unpleasant that is and unremitting. And we are very much, this week, uh, we find ourselves again grappling with uh, stuff that will be in a history book eventually down the line, with the, de- with the death of uh, the Queen. And we thought what we'd do... Um, is just have a little look, uh, by no means comprehensive, um, a, a look at the Queen in the Second World War and the role of the royal family and and what happened uh, because it's all it's well. Yeah, yes, and, and also the the part that plays in shaping her yeah. and the reign that follows. Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, and, and, and I think it's 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 well, it's, and the it's role amazing. of the royal family and its position, yep. its place in society, and and the. And the sort of template they kind of laid down during the during the war that is the thing that they're st- that they're still having to can- contain, really, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, anyway, I so- think it was. It's, it's interesting because you know um, I, I was at the Oval yesterday yeah. for the non cricket that didn't happen because of the rain, and you know yeah. all these rumours came along, and then suddenly, you know, I was being called up saying, you know, was I available to be a pundit and all this kind of stuff. So you kind of knew it was was yeah. pretty serious, pretty eminent. And then I got home with my brother Tom, and um, he noticed that there was a uh, a service of prayer for the Queen at um, Saint Bartholomew's at the hospital. Right. You know, there's a, there's, yeah. a, there's a really old church just opposite yeah. Spitalfields, and then there's a kind of the 18th century one. It was in the 18th century one. And uh, he said, I really think we should go to that. It would be, you know, I'm not a church go at all, but I thought, okay, yeah, absolutely. And we were on the train um, on the overland. Um, from South London going up to Blackfriars when the announcement came through about 6.30 that the Queen yeah. had indeed died. So it was kind of amazing. And, and unbeknown to us, the people that were doing this, organising this service at St Bartholomew's had quickly reprinted the um, the service sheet so that at the end of the service, we all sang yeah. the national anthem with what? God save our God gracious sa- King. The King. Mm. And I suppose it was that moment that it really kind of hit me, and I just thought, "Crikey, you know, this is this is such this is is you know, it is it is the passing of one very very long life, but it is a really momentous moment because yeah. it, it because so much is sh- is shifting in in our everyday life at the moment and cultural life, and yeah. she's just been with us forever, hasn't she? Yeah. I mean, well, well, I would I all was- our lives. I was backstage at Folkestone Lees Cliff Hall where we got into the sort of prosaic business of um, if the show goes ahead, how do we, what do we do? What do we frame? I had to look at my notes and look at my material in case there was anything that might need to um, be left yeah. out. We, we realised, and, and the interesting thing was, and I think this is how a lot of people might feel, we realised that although obviously this has always been coming and this has been, an, we hadn't prepared for it at all. And um, we had we had no um, no protocol, so to speak, in place for 
what happens when do we do a minute silence? Is there a, what what's going to happen? What if the venue decides to cancel? Um, you know, and 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 the theatres all started issuing their protocols if they had them. You know, uh, with force majeure for cancellation, which is quite interesting. It's an act of God, the Queen dying, so no one's liable if they decide to pull the show. So what we did is we had a minute. Si the venue manager came in and said, as you uh, uh, made an announcement. Um, assuming no one knew. And then we had a minute's silence and then there was a round of applause and then we went back to sort of uh, pre-show music and then we did a show. And it was a... You could tell there was a strange, a different atmosphere, inevitably. I mean, I I started off by saying, well, we're all here to chase the blues away, so let's get on with it, shall we? Right? And, and pff, that seemed Everyone to break... Hooray. That seemed to break the ice. But, but, it, but, but it is... It is... It, it is you know, it's obviously we are obviously this is a history book moment, um, whether we like it or not. And um, uh, but we've both we've both kind of we've both in the meantime, we've gone away and had a look at had a look at some stuff. And I think the the, the really interesting thing um, about the about the Second World War and obviously what what the what happens with the royal family is they've they've come out of the abdication crisis where everything everything that could have possibly gone wrong went wrong they've got the, the, the there's clearly the political business of of extricating the royal family and the british establishment from that situation and the fact that 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 edward had been extremely pally with um who's the people who are now the enemy and the the idea that george the 6 become is is the symbol king he's it, it, you know because the politics politicians obviously want to like make sure he doesn't get politically entangled beyond serving the country sort of passively. And yet the royal family then, you know, their kids then become the, the, the two princesses become part of this part of this symbolic thing. And, yeah. and their childhood sort of get locked into kind of six year aspic or six year stasis. And I think it's 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 such a fascinating story. And of course, before the war, the royal family don't grant any requests for um, the for, you know anything beyond what they're prepared to do with the children. There's no broadcasts. There's no nothing. They they uh, they turn down requests from American broadcasters um, uh, to 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 do broadcasts and all that sort of stuff. You know, the New York Tribune had tried to get. Um, the the Queen to do a broadcast for the National N National Children's Week in the US as an and suggested it would be a good way of tidying things up per, post abdication because after all an American had been rejected by the British establishment is the one way of looking at it and the royal family going no but then when the war comes everything everything changes yeah I I think it's worth just going back to back to the foundations of all this which I think I think are really important so so. King George VI, yeah. the Duke of York is, is before, is such a different beast to the former Prince of Wales who then becomes Edward VIII. Mm. You know, Ed, Edward VIII is feckless. He's spoiled. He's a philanderer. He's got no sense of, of civil duty at all. It's all about me, me, yeah. me, me, me yeah. all the time. Everything he does, even if he does something quite dutiful, it's with an ulterior motive of kind of, you know, what can I get out of it? You know, how yeah. can I do this? Um, and George um, and, and the Duke of York, as he is at this time, is is a very different 
beast altogether. You know, he's a family man. Um, he gets married to um, Elizabeth Bowes Lyon in the in in um, in the early nineteen twenties, and what he wants is that solidity of a family life, of a cosy family life. He wants a quiet life, and and, and, you know, and, he's, and he's banking on one because he's not the heir; he's the spare. And yeah, he's thinking- and he's he's been in the navy in the First World War. He's been at sea. He's seen battles. What he wants is 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 firm foundations, and and he finds that with um, the Duchess of York, Elizabeth Byers Lyon, and the other thing is is that George V, who actually gets on, uh, who is incredibly close to Princess Elizabeth, and then Princess Margaret four years later when she turns up in 1930, he has been very kind of distant to his sons, yeah, in a way that he's not with his with his grandchildren, you know, yeah. in, in his kind of sort of dotage, in his older age, he's softened all this kind of stuff. And, yeah. you know, they're princesses, not princes. But he's been very kind of barky and shouty with with um, with the Duke of York. And yeah. uh, and his wife, the, the future Queen Elizabeth, says to him, look, don't be like that with, with your daughters. You know, show them affection, spend time yeah. with them. Remember not to shout at them. Remember how upset you used to get when your father yeah. used to shout at you. Yeah. Yeah. So from a very early age, there is this very tight bond and they're quite sort of modern. You know, there's nothing Victorian about the way George and Elizabeth kind of look after their daughters. And well, I, I wouldn't, that instills I, in them. I wouldn't uh, quite go that far. I, I mean, they're, they're still, it's still, um, they're not at school and they're, you know, okay, but 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 I'm am t- I'm talking in terms of um, affection of um, you know how tactile they are yeah, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, that old yeah. kind of sort of you know you don't see your children except at night to kiss yeah. them goodnight and all the rest of it. Yeah. There's none of that. They do stuff together as a family. Yeah. And, and um, the Duke of York is particularly close to his oldest daughter, and his oldest daughter absolutely adores him, and she looks like him, and and they have this incredibly tight bond. Then it comes to this big moment in in 1937 where you know the king becomes uh, 1938 rather where, the, where where he becomes king and he clearly makes a decision that I am going to be completely different to my brother you know yeah. this mantle has fallen upon me I'm going abs- to I'm go- and he absolutely has to be as well that that and the, he the, absolutely the, has to the, be the, 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 there's the, you know the the, the gum tree that the establishment got itself up with with Edward VIII and the the, the need to the need to you know, clear blue water for a better expression between his style and the style to emerge, but also this idea because the, I mean, the, what's interesting as well is 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 it's it's also in contrast, as you said, to George V, who in the First World War is this sort of patriarch warrior king to whom yes. we owe duty, whereas by the Second World War, George the Sixth is it's he's flipped it, so he is. Yes. Doing his duty to the country, and it's the it's the other way round. Yes, I think yes, is, yes. I think that's is, really, really interesting. It's a really interesting flip, you know. That that, that 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 and that's that's a sign of a democratized Britain. That's a sign of universal franchise. That's a sign of you know that 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 Edward VIII, in a way, represents the end of the road for that idea of. Yes, of the uh, distant uh, monarch who can do what the hell he likes because he's just... hell, exactly that you're unaccountable and uh, and unaccounted, and he and and that George the Sixth turns it into you know he is a he is a symbolic king and the and the symbol is of family and of yes and of, of a familial idea which is so interesting because because when you get to the end of the Second World War you have gone in the politics you've gone from empire to nation. 
You know, it's the thing um, yes. David yes, Edgerton yes. talks about all the time is that at the start of the war, it's Empire Day is the yes. thing they're going on, on about. And by the end of the war, there's a national health service. And you've, you've, your language has shifted entirely yeah. from imperial to national. And the royal family have to be part of that because they're because they're so prominent as a symbol. Yes. And that 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 things are coming back to the idea of a family, a national family, rather than an imperial destiny or any of that stuff. It's really, really yeah. interesting. It's it's really interesting, but but he it, but he he also gets it's 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 that concept also that that as the king, as the queen, as the royal family, they are there to serve the nation and also yeah. still in the 1930s, the empire and dominions and all the rest yeah. of it. They are head of state and they have to set an example. And, and what's really interesting is that, that George V, in his entire 25-year reign, only spends four months abroad. Yeah. In, in entirety. He's not yeah. interested. You know, he wants to stay at home, collect stamps, do all that stuff, go shooting. Yeah, yeah, you know, he's, yeah. he's just not interested in going abroad doesn't yeah. like abroad you know they're filthy foreigners and it's all very yeah. suspicious whereas George VI right from the outset completely changed that so even before he's king you know the Prince of Wales doesn't want to go abroad so he goes so yeah. so the Duke and Duchess of York as they then are go to New Zealand and Australia yeah, yeah. you know in the summer of 1938 they make a visit to France and to, and to Paris to kind of make sure that 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 relations are good with the French yeah. in the summer of 1939 they go to North America, they do a North America tour. You know, the king makes an absolute effort to get on with Mackenzie King, you know, the Prime Minister of Canada, and yeah. then makes a massive fuss of, of, of FDR and Eleanor and all the rest yeah. of it and all the bigwigs in America. For, for Again, for precisely that, those reasons that you mentioned, that, you know, Wallace Simpson is American, they've sort of slightly been rejected, yeah. the old enemy, there's sort of been, you yeah. know, from, from, the, from the 18th century, et cetera, et cetera. This is a kind of building bridges tour. But unlike anyone, any other monarch that's come before him, he's absolutely done his homework. Yeah. So he's fully briefed. He completely knows he's absolutely up to speed on American politics. And they're just absolutely dumbfounded by this. Yeah. That he can, he can ask all these intelligent questions, make interesting conversation, knows the inside and outs of all the poli- uh, of American politics, the history of it, who's who in the kind of firmament in, in Washington and all the rest yeah. of it. Yeah. And it goes down an absolute storm, an yeah. absolute storm. You know, it's, it's, it's so simple and it's so obvious now, but this is, this is a new way of doing things. Yeah. And of course, all this is instilled into, into, into the young princess. And it goes in much sharp contrast to the, to, to the Duke and Duchess of Windsor, who in early 1938 have been cavorting around with the Nazis, yeah, yeah, yeah. and having yeah. tea with Hitler and all this kind well, of but, stuff. But but also show it, it's also that creates impetus for for George VI to 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 to, to do all that to to build to you know build bridges and to uh, uh, patch things up. I mean, it, it's it's I mean it's it it is very interesting because after all we're at the we're, we've just we've just come to the end of seventy years of apparent stability of of slow and steady. Uh, goes the course of a lifetime of duty. And you look before the war, how sort of, you know, chaotic the late 30s are for the royal family. And that that George VI has to sort of mark out what he's going to be a, 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 as a king. I mean, what? But, but, but what's interesting, though, is when the war comes, you get into this, you get into this thing where they are the symbol of the nation. And his way of living, his, or his chosen way to live as a family... Is the thing they use to project as part of the as part of their propaganda front, essentially, because they become an incredibly useful part of the propaganda um, effort. I think it's very interesting that they start off in Scotland but move to Windsor, and obviously, 
Windsor Castle is, it's not like living in the East End. And, you know, the Queen Mother famously says, we look the East End of the face now that Buckingham Palace has been bombed. But they are, yeah, yeah. In, Win- they are in Windsor, mainly in a dungeon, hiding from the bombing. But, fe- but, 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 well, what else are you going to do? What else are you going to do with the royal family in, in that set of circumstances? But I just think it's very, it's very interesting that, that, that they're, they're being that sensitive to it, um, to how they present themselves. And then, of course, you, you know, you, 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 you they do everything they can to say, we're just like everyone else. I think one of the really fascinating things, when Ellen, Eleanor Roosevelt visits um, in 1942, <laughs> she, she is uh, struck by the way that um, Buckingham Palace is run really austerely. A broken window panes replaced with wood. The bath had a black line painted on it that the Queen wasn't supposed to run the water above, or the kids weren't so, and that they really they were really making a self conscious effort, you know, to recycle their clothes, clothes to make do and mend and all this. And obviously, obviously, they have lots of houses and they have game they can eat and shoot and all that sort of stuff. But there is this; they are trying to be as plain living as they possibly can. And it's interesting that, you know, when, like I say, when Eleanor Roosevelt visits in 1942, she thinks, she, she thinks it's, you know, it's almost a fetish that they're like, they're completely grabbing this, <laughs> grabbing this thing to live by it as a way of being in touch with their people, which I think, which I think is very, very interesting because you, you, you can completely see that Edward VIII would have been doing, I expect would have been doing something quite different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wouldn't be putting black lines around his bath, that's for sure. No. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, you know, one looks at the the, the princess's um, sort of daily lives. So, so Princess Elizabeth is fourteen in April nineteen forty. Yeah. Um, and Princess Margaret is four years younger than her. Um, you know, so so Princess Elizabeth is sort of coming of age at that point. You know, she's she's, yeah. she's very switched on. She 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 she's she's reasonably learned i mean she, she's had a governess this this marion crawford who's known as, yeah. as crawfee you know she's yeah. the governess but also prince um queen elizabeth the later becomes the queen mother george VI's wife um princess elizabeth's mother has also said you know when you get old you're going to need to know about the constitution you're going to need yeah. to know about history so she goes to her art critic and and um historian friend jasper ridley you know he's a great tudor writer historian yeah. And says, you know, what should I do about Princess Elizabeth? You know, she needs to know history. And he said, and he says, um, well, what you need to do is go to, um, you need to go and talk to Henry Martin, who is the vice provost of of Eton. So they pack off um, Princess Elizabeth to to Eton to go and talk to him, and and she's yeah. presented in front of him in this sort of, you know, in his study with sort of books absolutely everywhere, and it's all incredibly intimidating. But actually, they get on incredibly well, and she really, really loves it. And yeah. and throughout the, you know, in, until she's. Get turned sort of seventeen. She's has these regular meetings with Henry Morton, Martin rather, and is having these history lessons. And again, I think it kind of sort of shows that the the value that they put on on preparing her for the for the later role she's going to have. Yeah, yeah. And, and this understanding of your place in the world and the history and you know and 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 learning languages and 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 all the rest of it. Yeah, and. So at the beginning, as you say, you know, the beginning of the beginning of the war, they're up at Balmoral. They then yeah. move into, you know, it's even then, you know, no one knows what's going to happen. No one, you know, the bomb will always get through. Is it going to be Armageddon immediately? Yeah, yeah. Is there going to be fleets of bombers? No one knows what's going to go on. So they then move to Burke Hall, which is this kind of, you know, big house on the on the Balmoral estate. And and they're separated from their parents for four months because all during this time, you know, the king and queen are down in Buckingham Palace and in Windsor and 
you know, trying to kind of sort of get their head around what's going on in the war and everything. So it's not until Christmas of, of, of 19, 1939 that they, they're reunited with their parents. And then yeah. the decision is made, actually, you know, they need to go to, go to Windsor and they yeah. go initially to the kind of the Royal Lodge and then to Windsor Castle itself well, once. The- on the 12th of May as well. So once the invasion the of the Low of Countries has started, which I think yeah. is really, really interesting that there's the, there, there must have been a feeling that, you know, th- things were getting real and... Well, it's uh, because of the fear of... It's a fear, It's not yeah. because of bomb, uh, of an inv- imminent invasion. It's a fear of, of enemy paratroopers. Right. Coming in and doing a kidnap. <laughs> that's what it is. But I mean, you, you know, that seems ridiculous now. But at the time, there is this, you, you can see there's this mounting panic. We've talked about it before. Falshim Jaeger at The Hague, who've been sent to capture the Dutch royal family to get the Dutch to capitulate. So, Absolutely. So, you know, it's, it, 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 there it is. It's a method that, that, yeah. that, they've, that the Germans have tried. I mean, yeah. you know, Prince Margaret apparently said, we went for a weekend and stayed for five years, is the thing with, <laughs> with Winter Castle. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. It's but, a really but, good line. But then, but then, but, but then what, but then what happens is you then get, they become these sort of symbolic daughters in a sort of symbolic childhood, which must have been quite difficult for the Queen because she's 14. She, like you say, she's coming of age. She's yes, up. and they, they set up, they set up at Windsor, they set up a girl guide troop. Yeah. Which is set up by, by Crawfee, you know, the governors. And they have all these sort of local girls. So there's this local girl who was the son of a kind of sort of, you know, engine, you know, boiler cleaner. Yeah. Who is suddenly called Rosie? Who is sort of also forty? Or he yeah. was twelve or something. He was now in in Princess Elizabeth's girl guide troop. Yeah, and, and being invited in for tea and kind of dancing lessons at the Royal Lodge, you yeah. know, beforehand, and then at, then at Windsor Castle. I mean, you yeah. know, it's, it's it's extraordinary, really. It was something which is so completely unthinkable, you know, a generation earlier. And and it's a symbol of the kind of sort of the growing modernity of the royal family of, the, yeah. of, of this site. You know, they are. They're all in it together. And so, yeah. you know, because you're all in it together, in the war together, that means you can also have dancing lessons and girl guides together as well. Well, and they project, they project two sort of images, don't they? Where they're, 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 they're uh, you know, that they're safe in their family, um, a, a, away from the trials and tribulations of the, wor- of the world and the war, but that also, they're also taking part in, in, in normal life. So they, uh, yes. And, and, and growing gov- vegetables and yeah, all exactly. the rest of government, prop- government propaganda kind of offers two, two uh, versions of of what's happening in the royal family, and you get. And it's very interesting because no, in the end, no one really knows um, if it's a if it's what they're being presented with, if it's a front or if it's real. And Brooke, Brooke spends a weekend shooting with them um, in Norfolk in forty four, and. You know, so his impression is one of the very best examples of family life, a thoroughly close-knit and happy family all yeah. wrapped up in each other. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so, you know, even if it's a number, because we don't know, do we? Brooke, Brooke, Brooke buys it, which, which is yeah. interesting. And he's a, he's a, a shrewd a shrewd. It's funny, I mean, I always get the impression it was, it was, it was absolutely genuine. And, and, yeah. and clearly the, the close bond between father and eldest daughter is, you know, yeah. there's no question about that. Yeah. And it's interesting also that, that, that how... The, I think it's George V in his last Christmas does the first Christmas address. Yeah. Held at 3 p.m., so, you know, which is considered to be the best time for kind of, you know, the whole empire as a whole. But obviously, address, public addresses then become part of the thing. And obviously, it's something that George VI absolutely loathes doing because he's naturally shy. He's, he's conquered his stammer a long time ago, so that's not that's less of an issue. But but yeah. But he just doesn't like it. You know, he's a private man. He finds it very difficult. And he does this amazing speech, Christmas speech on Christmas Day on... Christmas Day, nineteen thirty-nine. 
Yeah. And he cites this amazing poem by, um, which, which again feels very kind of dated now. But at the time, when you have to remember that that, that Britain and is a is a sort of Christian, a, a completely Christian nation, and you know you're wondering about you know who's on your side and are, are you on the kind of the the, the moral side of the, of righteousness and all the rest of it in this war, he comes out of, it comes out of his poem called "The Gate of the Year" by Minnie Louise Haskins. And he reads out this, these first two, two verses. And it says, And I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, Give me a light that I may tread safely into the unknown. And he replied, Go out into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God that shall be to you better than any light and safer than a known way. And it was really, I was, I was reading this and I was just thinking, Gosh, you can just see so much of where the Queen's coming from in this. Mm, mm. You know, the, the relationship to, you know, her, I mean, she was obviously very devout. She was, uh, you know, her faith was a very, very important part of her life. Yeah. But again, that example, I mean, I mean, you know, she she's aped those sort of, that sentiment time and time again hasn't yeah, yeah. she in in her in her christmas speeches ever since and you can see this is it's so formative for her these yeah. years the yeah. example of her father and, and and her mother as well you yeah. know and then there's the whole thing about you know do we send them off to canada you know or do, you know north america you know lots of other people you know queen queen wilhelmina of the of the netherlands does you know yeah. king harkin does of norway yeah. um you know other people are sending their children over um and then they decide not to and and uh, and you know, there's the great line by um, by the Queen who says, says, well, obviously the children can't possibly go without me. Um, and, you know, um, I can't go without the King and there's no way the King's going. So that solves this. And yeah. on the 3rd of July, they make an announcement. Yeah. The princesses will be staying in, in the UK. Mm-hmm. But it's- at the same time, they realise that even at Windsor Castle, it's there's no security arrangements really you know they're not very good there's a sort of single bit of barbed wire around the estate you know i mean anyone who wants to walk in probably could yeah and they kind of realize they need to beef it up so they get this guy called major t.s jimmy coates who's a cold streamer he's got an mc from the first world war uh, and he creates the coates mission which is a kind of single company of <laughs> of chosen men um you know who are all sort of crack shots and everything yeah. And they put in all these, you know, what happens if what happens if we're invaded? What happens yeah. to the royal family? What do you do? So the first thing they're going to do is they're going to evacuate to Margesfield, which is um, Earl Beecham's place in Worcestershire, which is one of the inspirations for, for Brideshead Castle. Yeah. And then they're going to go to another house in, you know, if the Germans keep coming, then they'll go up to Shropshire. And yeah. if they keep coming, they'll then go on to kind of, you know, Newbury Hall in North Yorkshire. Yeah. And then if they keep coming, they'll either go to Liverpool or Glasgow and then they might bug out to North America yeah. or whatever. But, but, but you know, all this is, is, is suddenly being put in place. And they suddenly realise they don't have any air raid shelters and they kind of think, well, actually, you know, cellars of the castle, that's probably a... Dun- dungeons. Dungeons. That'll probably cover it. But again, you know, these, these, these are big... Big decisions, big things that are going on. And, of course, Princess Elizabeth, who's 14 in 1940, is old enough and sassy enough and and, and educated enough to know everything that's going on by that stage. Mm, mm, mm. Well, and, 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 I mean, you talked about the the King's Christmas broadcast. She then gets... Yes. I mean, what's fascinating about this is... um, is, uh, 13th of October, they, the, the, uh, 1940, the, the, she does her, or her first broadcast is broadcast. Yes. The and, Blitz is now in, in full swing. Yeah, exactly. And 
you know, the royal family, the royal family have given in. That the, they've been approached by the director general of the BBC, Frederick Ogilvie, um, uh, who says, "Look, we 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 do need to do this, or or will you do this?" And the yeah. idea is they're going to do a series of children in wartime programs, which is you know to 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 talk about on the, the BBC's part, children's hour, exactly, exactly to to talk about the part children can play in the in the defence of the country, and. But basically, they, they they end up they end up with a broadcast that then goes out across the world to the US and Canada. It's such a success that the BBC do a record of it um, yep. f- to sell yeah, yeah. to sell all over the world. And what's really interesting is Jock Colville um, and Diana Sandis, who's Churchill's daughter. They li- they listen to it together, right? And they're embarrassed by it. They think it's a sloppy sentiment, right? That she's made bit mawkish. What well, do you know what she says? Do you want to say? Yeah, yeah, well, we'll get to that. But they, and this is what's really interesting. Uh, Colville says in his diary, her voice was most impressive. And if the monarchy survives, Queen Elizabeth II should be a most successful radio queen. So he. <laughs> Isn't that great? Yeah. So, so uh, which is really interesting because after all, you know, the, 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 the you know, the, obviously the tradition of the 3pm the 3 Christmas speech survives, but, but the broadcasting thing is a, you know, Getting the message right when when required was a big was a big part of her role and a thing that obviously she was very good at and had excellent advice on. But no, so she she says thousands of you in this country have had to leave your homes and be separated from your father and mother. My sister Margaret Rose and I feel for you so much as we know from experience what it means to be away from those we love most of all. We know every one of us that in the end all will be well, and then That's it ends. It. It ends with a... My for sister God is, will care for us and yes. give us victory and peace. I love uh, yeah, it. Yeah. My sister is by my side and we're both going to say goodnight to you. Come on, Margaret. Good night. <laughs> good night, children. <laughs> good night. Uh, it's absolutely brilliant. Good night and good luck to you all. I mean, it, uh, it's, but it's really interesting that... that and and that's, all, that sets, that's part of setting in aspect the, the idea that they're, they're two little girls... They're 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 naive. Their their innocence. Um, but they're and, looking after each other. But they're looking after each the other. The older sister is looking after the younger because mummy and daddy are a bit busy. Exactly, exactly. And you know, keep calm. I mean, I, I don't. I'd love to say on. keep calm and carry on because after all, as we all know that they never got used. Never but, happened. But, but I mean, I think it's I think it's really really interesting and a mass observation basically. Um, the mass observation. Um, uh, response is very very positive there's a massive it's a massive success as a piece of propaganda yeah. is. like yeah, an incredible yeah, yeah. success mass observations full of people you know saying if the germans hurt the if uh, the king or the queen will well, well it's, get, it's all that's we'll good and wholesome and, and decent yeah. isn't it yeah. Yeah. you know here's the family the hard-working king yeah. the queen by his side you know they haven't left you know the first bombs have fallen on buckingham palace on the 9th of september i mean the, the queen has even seen the first bomb land you know, she's actually seen it. And, and, you know, so it's quite close for comfort. Then they're kind of, you know, wandering around the rubble of the East End and kind of being incredibly visual. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're kind of, you know, their upstanding, gorgeous little daughters are kind of sort of sending out messages and looking out for one another. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's just brilliant. And it's a kind of, you know, it's the antithesis of, of kind of sort of evil Nazis with their kind of yeah. sort of show-off-y kind of, yeah. you know, frog marching and all the rest of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Gestapo and sinister dark yeah. shadows, yeah. you know, and God will be on our side, you know, yeah. and 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 it's and it's, but again, I just I just I I'm so struck by how everything that happens in these years and in the run up, you can see being so just so formative 
yeah. for the role she then takes on. You know, the, the example set by her father yeah. of, of this absolute kind of monastic attention to duty and, and, and you, you are there to serve the nation. Not yeah, yeah. the other way around. You know, it's exactly what you were saying earlier. Well, it's a on. complete. It's a total flip from from the, the, the first from the first yeah, war. Uh, it couldn't and the be more absolute different. importance of God and, yeah. and, and Christianity and the Church of England to your very fabric and the, this yeah. concept of faith. And I think one of the things that she's she's evolved as she, uh, obviously as her, her reign has progressed is this notion that it is a uh, for her it's Christianity, but for other people it's faith. But the importance of faith in everyday life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I mean it's it, it's interesting though because they then do. They do then essentially sort of turn themselves over to to propaganda, and they, they they don't live a private life. They're being photographed an awful lot. And what's what, what's interesting is, and the photographs are a massive hit. They go all over the world. Yeah, the stories about you know how sad she is that a, a pet chameleon has died, and that the, <laughs> the, 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 uh, one of her corgis has died, and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. And you know, and and then always these stories about how the Queen's looking after Prince Margaret. Princess Margaret making she's all right and her little sister and all this sort of stuff. I mean, it's, 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 I mean, it's, it is fascinating that, 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 you know, obviously uh, uh, they don't get a, they, you know, they get this sort of modulated privacy. They're all, they're still going hunting and stag shooting. She shoots her first stag, I think in 1942. Right. So the, the again, that other, because that, because that's the other template in, in the Royal family royal family's life isn't it that they're, they're a country family they live in the country they have their country pursuits that they do yep. out of out of view and there's horse and, riding and, and then all exactly that. and then the the the, du- the duty of the duty end you know she she's she's sort of um she's doing by 1943 you've got her doing stuff like the ministry of works have her giving out prizes for yeah, the, the, you know, the, she gives out a prize to Welsh schoolchildren for the best essay in English and Welsh on metal salvage. You know, she's she's starting she's starting to do the really boring stuff. That, yeah, um, the handshaking, the, the waving, the, the really, attending ceremonies, really, and cutting ribbons. Yeah, really, really boring things. You know, and they. But did, then she joins the army. Yeah. Well, because yes. of course, in April 19, 1944, she turns eighteen. Yeah. Well, and there's a and there's a constitutional wrinkle at that time because the. They discover that the that the Regency Act, she can she she's she can't that there's an air presumptive air problem in in the Regency Act, and whether she can become queen or become a, a become royal council, there's a big argument about that. Someone points out that, there's, that the law the law's wrong, and that she can't become a, a she has to have a regent until she's 21, but can still but, but can't be a royal. There's all this sort of complication around it. And the king yeah, says yeah. the king says fix that. Goes to Attlee. Uh, goes to Churchill and Attlee the day the Husky starts and says, sort this out. That, that there's a there's a flaw in the constitution. And yep. if I want to go visit people, um, uh, 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 we need this we need this fixed, which is really 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 interesting. So you know, because the king then does go to Italy, um, in in July forty four, and she takes over royal constitutional function in. In Britain, um, which is uh, quite a thing, isn't it? Well, doing and doing assent to acts of parliament and all that sort of stuff. And right? she's eighteen. And she's eighteen, but but because they've spotted, they've spotted, um, and obviously she's not old enough to vote because at the, that point it's twenty one. Right. So they've they've spotted this this strange gap in the constitution that they get ironed out because it's literally it's literally um, uh, uh, going on during Husky. There's this big 
constitutional dust up to put her to put her properly in place because obviously the king's thinking yeah i i could you know i'll go abroad what if they shoot my plane down what if they what if they sink the cruiser i'm on you know which could which after all could happen and, so, um, and which did happen to lots of senior commanders so yeah, exactly, you know, exactly, it's not, exactly. Well, it's, well, it's we've not talked, ridiculous at all well we've talked enough about how dangerous flying is in the 1940s you yeah. know let alone people trying to trying to shoot you down so so she's doing constitutional function um in in 1944 when he's away in italy and, and putting uh, signing off an act of parliament giving her, yeah bef- and this is before she joins before she joins um the uh the 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 uh, ATS, uh, ATS yeah. which is really interesting because they're also because like you say they're a naval family so it's quite interesting that they that, that she doesn't go into the Wrens um, uh, uh, but joins the army becomes a mechanic and a driver yeah, yeah. gets her hands yeah. dirty yeah although goes home every night to Windsor doesn't stay with the girls so lives this sort of again lives this half in half out sort of sort of existence which I think is really interesting but 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 gets papped relentlessly during that, and yeah. um, you know you you could you could easily describe it as that. It's the most she was ever photographed in her life up to that point. People just turning up all the time, you know. But apparently, she said in later life it was the only time in her life she was ever measured um, uh, according to her peer group. Could she learn how to do it? How good was she at it? Yeah, you know. Um, and they 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 said. They said, you know, she's being treated like everyone else. She wasn't, but she did regard it. Because you can't possibly. Because you can't possibly. But she did regard it as as the only experience in her life where, um, where you know, she she was going through the same rigours as other people in terms of what she had to learn. You know, it wasn't special treatment in that regard, which I think is, which is fairly interesting. Obviously, massive propaganda. The Queen in khaki is, is fantastic. And you see those photos. You can, yeah, you, yeah. can you can see why... Um, uh, why they made the absolute most of that because because it, it it's a way of it's a way of um like I say like being half in half out she's just yeah, doing yeah, whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. she's doing what everyone else has done but also is this sense that you're sort of you know you're 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 mucking in with everybody else whether it be kind of you know twelve year old Rosie you know the the working class girl with in her girl guide troop or or whether it's you know the fellow girls in the ATS as they're kind of sort of changing gaskets in a in a Bedford. I mean, it, it, you know, it's, it, it's about sort of bringing well, the world is obviously still on a massive pedestal. Yeah. It's on this high plane, but but it's about coming down to the people and 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 being on a level. I mean, she's got a number like everyone else. She's two three zero eight seven three. Is that so? That's brilliant. That's Seconds, brilliant. There's second one other. There's one other thing that I think is really interesting is is that in in early 1938, when when Anthony Eden resigns as as foreign secretary, yeah, yeah. the then new king only discovers when he reads the times so no wow. one's told him wow and he's absolutely furious and so he says so he says says from now on i want on the same day i want the minutes of every cabinet meeting and he gets them and he reads them and this is again something that the queen has done ever since you know so well, again you see you see the example that he sets that the the, the which is a new example. That's the point. This is new. No other monarch has done this. Yeah, but you can see why. You can see why politicians have uh, uh, frosted the royal family out of things after their experience of, of course. The eighth. I mean, of course, but they're, would, they're dealing why, with an entirely different character yeah, with, yeah. with George VI. And, and this is my point. This is this is how he is completely for someone who's so shy and so naturally shy and self-effacing to to have, have 
taken over from his feckless, useless brother, and, and who was just a sort of lying swine, um, to then... He's obviously consciously thought, right, I'm going to do this in a completely different... I'm going to do it in a very different way for my father, who was remote and, and distant and, and, and really on a kind of different plane to, to his people. You know, this sort of patriarchal kind of, you know, grey-haired figure. To the feckless brother, he's he's completely changed how he's going to manage the monarchy. Yeah, yeah. But you can see that, that, that Princess Elizabeth, later Elizabeth II, absolutely just feeds off his example. Yeah, yeah. And that is because she has so much love and respect for him that, that she realises that this is the way to do it. This is what my life's about. It is about duty. It's about public service. But you wonder, had the war not come, the royal family w- wouldn't have been pitched into that role quite no. so emphatically, would they? It's, no, it, not, it, it, absolutely. It, it, and in it's, in it's a way, it's the making of them for the yeah, next... Yeah. Well, it, sa- it, sa- it saves their bacon, basically, doesn't it? Um, I think... I mean, it's very interesting though, because because there's the fantastic story though that on of on VE Day of them going out into the crowds because because they're all in uniform apart from Margaret, everyone's in uniform. So all there's a, there's a guard, some guards officers because she's she's been made colonel of, of the Grenadier Guards in 1943, I think, and sort of. Um, uh, there's there's an event there's an event with 600 guardsmen and Tommy Handley at, at um right at, at Windsor Castle you know with him he's the he's the after dinner entertainment she's their colonel sort of that that again that that yeah. relationship with the forces that she she obviously um enjoyed greatly but that yeah they they're allowed out with a police with a police sergeant out into the out into the crowds on the night of VE day it's absolutely amazing and they go it is up, amazing up, isn't it they go up St James round Piccadilly. Yeah, you know, um, uh, one of the one of the according to Tommy. They, Lass- they made a film about this, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. According to Tommy Lassells, that's what's where they went. But there's a that the, one someone else in the group says they went from Buckingham Palace to Parliament Square, Piccadilly, St James, Bennett Street, Barclay Street, Park Lane, into the Ritz and Dorchester, before going across, across across Green Park and back to the Palace, and no one no one recognised her. Amazing, or, or supposedly no one recognizes. I mean, maybe maybe there are a lot of people thinking, "Shit, is that a queen? Is that the is that the is that the princess, princess Princess Elizabeth?" You know, I mean, it's it's a it's a, it's fascinating. Did you know that I see? I, I, if I did know, I'd forgotten it. That that the king decided to keep a diary from from the third of September onwards until 1947, every single day, and and they're in the royal archives at Windsor. Wow. And you know, by special arrangement, one can. Wow. One they can did go it, and see apparently, them. they did it again on VJ Day as well. Oh, really? Yeah. So right, because they went off because they went back into that. You know, because you have VE Day, and then actually the war's still on. The royal family still have to be like um, ob- observing the fact there's a war and be part of the ongoing, you know, uh, propaganda effort and stuff. I think they played an incalculable role in 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 keeping national cohesion, don't you? I I I think and morale and. All those sort of things. I think they played a really, really important part in the war. Yeah. Well, I mean, you consider the sheer amount of people that George VI would have decorated. He would have hundreds of people every day, mm. you know, or, 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 or stretches of hundreds of people to decorate. I mean, it must have been yeah. that 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 exposure to what the war constituted yeah. in terms of personal sacrifice and bravery. Did they, I mean they had no choice? Yeah, <laughs> did, did, did they? Is the thing, no. and this is always the thing with the royal family, is is I I, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade places with any of them for a second because your life no. is 
Your life is completely nailed down. You have no choice. You've no free will. As far as yeah, I can yeah. tell, it's uh, as as predestined. Obviously, you, you get to eat swan or whatever, but as predestined, um... <laughs> <laughs> it's not much of perk, is it? Let's face it. No, but you know what I mean. Uh, it, 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 it's a peculiar existence, and they would have had no choice. And you you also you know you see him the the king then ushering in. You get a Labour government, which again was unthinkable before the before the war, like a like one with a proper majority that can do its own thing bringing in a welfare state and all those sort of reforms post-beverage. Again, just as the royal family in 1936 is basically in complete jeopardy. You, you, well, yeah, and it's also in jeopardy the, the year she's born, if you think yeah, about it. I mean, yeah. she's born in 1926, which is the year of the general strike. You know, and there is there is serious consideration that the whole thing's going to go absolutely, yes, it's, it's going to turn into a revolution. revolution. It's only a few years yeah. since, 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 since the Bolsheviks, you know, yeah. less than 10 years. Yeah. So... You know what 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 the king does during the war, before and during the war, to kind of stabilize the monarchy, yeah. but also set the tone of the nation, the moral tone of the nation. I think that's the key thing, isn't it? That the yeah. it's it, it it's that it's that it's this idea that that you know the family unit that the, the Britain represents goodness and you know and all yeah. those kind of things and and the the right path and the righteous path and you know devotion to duty and sense of honor and dignity and bravery in the face of danger and, yeah. and stoicism and can do and keep going and, and absolutely keep, you know, keep calm and carry on. Yeah. You know, that's absolutely what they're all representing. And, it, and it's yeah. obviously has a, has a, a profound impact on the nation, but it also has a profound impact on then princess Elizabeth. I, yeah. I, I'm, you know, I'm really, really struck by it, by, by, by that relationship between father and daughter and the example he sets uh, and and why she adheres to that example, it, it's born out of deep, deep, deep affection and deep yeah. love, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think that's what's so so fascinating. Yeah. Well, anyway, but I it's, it's a, it feels like a momentous moment. It really, really does. And um, you know, uh, uh, of course, she wasn't going to go on forever. And it was interesting. I was talking to my mum last night, and uh, my mother was telling me that that her mother was absolutely bereft when King George VI died. Um, yeah. In 1952, really, uh, and, and she she uh, she herself later died that year, but she uh, aged only she was only age 52, and um, but she took my mother to see George VI lying in state. Wow, yep, yep. Wow, and I said to her, "How do you feel about the Queen Queen's passing?" And she said, "She said I don't feel sad for her. Yeah. She said I think I think I, I think." She wouldn't have been scared of death because she had her faith and she would have been prepared for it. Um, she said, but I do think this is going to be a shock for the nation. And I thought, God, that's you know, wise words. Mm. Well, we'll see, won't we? We'll um, see. We'll see. Um, certainly, it'll be a long time before there's another Platinum Jubilee, I think is the... I think that's safe to say. Yeah. You know, long live the king. Long live the king, I suppose. I mean, it's, 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 it's it does. It does. It does. New stamps and everything, and, and King know, Charles coins. III. I mean, he's you know, uh, of all the names to to take on, uh, you know, is he going to be the third time lucky King Charles? <laughs> well, 
Well, you'd have to say Charles II was pretty lucky, wasn't he? I mean, he right, escaped no, he back from yeah, Worcester yeah. and he got back yeah, and he had yeah, a right yeah, old time. Yeah, he had but, lots of mistresses all, and had a right old time. Yeah, but it's all that. It's all about the first one, isn't it? it, 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 it the story of the monarchy, really. Anyway, that's another podcast. That's for your brother and his mate. All right. Well, I think we've chewed that cut sufficiently. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, we will be carrying on business as usual because that's what she would have wanted is us to continue with our continue with our war waffle um uh, uh thanks again for listening we'll see you all very soon bye bye Jerry I'm Anthony Scaramucci, former White House Director of Communications and Wall Street financier. And I'm Katty Kay, U.S. Special Correspondent for BBC Studios. I've been covering American politics for almost three decades. Welcome to The Rest is Politics U.S., brought to you by Goalhanger. Go on, tell us, were those donations you made, like Obama in 2008, was that idealism? Were you hoping to get something out of these campaigns that would serve your own business interests, for example? So I think this will either make this podcast incredibly successful, Caddy, or people <laughs> will be horrified and they'll shut it off right now because I'm going to be very real with you. The Obama donation, I had gone to law school with President Obama. We were not classmates. I was a few years ahead of him. It was 2007. It was then Senator Obama. I had a check in my breast pocket. I went over to the senator. I said, Senator, I said, you and I didn't really know each other in law school, but I'm about to hand you a big check. Can I lie to my friends and tell them that you and I knew each other in law school? <laughs> well, Obama looks at me, had the best smile in American politics since Jack Kennedy. Forever. Yeah. He lights up. He looks at me and says, I'll tell you what, if you double the amount of the check, we'll take it back to Hawaii. Okay. And I looked at him. I said, you're done. I had another check in my pocket. I ripped it up. I doubled the amount of the check. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've been to more White House Christmas parties during the Obama administration than the Trump administration. In this pivotal year for the United States, democracy and world affairs, Britain's biggest podcast, The Rest is Politics, is launching stateside. Uncovering secrets from inside the Biden and Trump inner circles and how they shape the world's most important economy, but also the global economy too. New episodes are released every Friday morning. Just search The Rest is Politics US wherever you get your podcasts.